Sorry. We're a bit at sixes and sevens this week. We've just heard that we'll be getting visitors walking around the orbital soon. And you know what that means. It's a bit like having to clear up before the relatives come round. Norma's annoyed with Lou. She asked him to use the Mr. Dusty to clean up, and apparently Lou fell over and had an incident with a crevice tool, requiring Nurse Wayeth to don her number seven heavy-duty gloves to retrieve it. It's chaos round here. Harry's desperately trying to put his um, reading matter through the shredder, and I've been kept busy polishing my doodads. The apology officer is hiding under the bed, and Rudolph washed his hands of us all and gone to talk with the tech monkey. Space legs, you can keep them, mate. Once upon a time, you could rely on being able to come to work in your comfortable pants. But if we're going to have people staring through the studio window, well, I'm off to get some new underwear from Marks and Stars. After this, of course. Our mics are live. Good evening and welcome once again to the galaxy's most thorough, if a little bit chaotic, insight into all the news that you didn't know, or that you thought you know, or knew, or didn't even know you needed to know. I'm your host, Rudolf Hucker. Joining me in the studio tonight, we have the usual band of misfits that is the Hutton Orbital News Team. I'm Mia Harkness, the Apology Officer, and later in the show, I'll be letting Lou have a go for once at digging into the obscure sports that form the Hutton Weekly Roundup as sponsored by the Hutton Helper. Oh, and we're very, very sorry. I'm Harry Balzac, and I've got one hand on our chat feed, one pen on the script, and both feet up on the desk. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and I'll be reading the news before changing into my alter ego, Amelia Hawke, and going hunting for some edible rares. I'm Nora Snookers, and I'll be looking at what the rest of the community is up to before pushing the magic button on my hollow me and transforming into Flossie. I'm Lou. I'm just warming this seat. Oh, and telling you what's up in Hutton Space. We've also got Commander Wotherspoon with the Galnet News Digest and the latest from the Sky Tonight team. But first... Oh, uh, first... Right, um, the headlines... All are welcomed, bar none. Premature preambulation leads to space-like speculation. Zoom to the boom, new stations caught shots. There's a new cowboy outfit coming, and no, it's not Eddie Lee Wise and Sons. Webster lost for words. Hotbox Hotboss wins the toss. For once, there are proper things to do in the galaxy, so pay attention. News about all the opportunities from the communities.
Station commanders, faction leaders and system representatives throughout the galaxy are preparing job descriptions, person specs and knotty <coughs> interview questions as it looks like 3307 is going to be a bumper year for employment in the service industry. For too long, pilots have been confined to their ships, only allowed to visit station washroom facilities, and only then if they're really busting, on visiting their favourite Coriolis or outpost. With the Pilots' Federation revealing in recent months that restrictions on visiting atmospheric bodies would be removed, and commanders licensed to set foot on alien worlds without the need to have a driver's licence, the galaxy is abuzz that commanders will finally be allowed to set foot in the more private areas of stations. Yes, the bar. Licensing authorities have agreed to open station bars, normally only available to local people from local factions, to all and sundry, and provide services including grabbing a dodgy mission from that seedy-looking guy in the waistcoat and his airy friend, leafing through the latest bounty board looking for a likely target, and maybe even buying a beverage or two. Station owners are appealing for anyone with skills in pouring fluids from a bottle in a cup in zero gravity, reminding droids that we don't serve your type here, and of course, breaking up the obligatory bar fight when some oaf decides it's funny to jump around and knock over the crockery whilst waving a beam laser about. To apply for one of their new service posts aboard a nearby station. It's expected that they will be joined by appraisers of space junk, who will suck through their teeth and tell you that the lump of metal you've found at that crashed anaconda is the co-pilot seat reclining arm and worth 10 credits. And that's if you're really lucky. And of course, for anyone with a degree in xenobiology from Garnett University, a bevy of tinfoil-hatted scientists waiting to stick their probe into all manner of gooey alien stuff. Rumours that the current management team, including our very own progenitor Lael Wolf, yes, we know her title keeps changing, but she'll always be a progenitor to us, will be facing unemployment as she gets replaced with a more customer service orientated and Pilots Federation approved personality, are not given much credence at the moment. When asked by a reporter for Galnet for comment, uh, she apparently kicked him in the um, airlock and then threatened to pull the big lever. Of course, Hutton Orbital will welcome all our friends from the NPC Employment Bureau and promise that we won't walk around poking with things to see if they're real. Hand in hand with the reveal regarding the new station bars, the Pilots' Federation have launched an investigation into a number of time discrepancies at Shinrar to Desratan, which appears to be running a little fast once again. Where for the rest of the galaxy earlier this week, it registered that the day was Tuesday. The clocks and calendars at Shinrata swore it was Wednesday, and duly published a series of video articles about their forthcoming licensing laws. Pilots' Federation representative and spokesperson, Commander Yushuida Tolmi, commented that it was a bad day to give up Onion Head, as he hastily cobbled together a call centre, video explanation and impromptu Galtwit campaign to stick the proverbial finger in the leak before it all got out of hand. 
a reward has been issued for information leading to the identity of whoever has been messing with the desk calendars over at Shinrata, and a bounty issued for their successful capture. Of course, no one in the galaxy actually minded that tomorrow had become today, and indeed, when tomorrow was reached, yesterday actually happened, and there was good news all round. Commander Wotherspoon of the Galnet Digest is considering opening a new division under the strapline Galnet News Preview. We look at tomorrow's news so you don't have to. Now that he has doubled his reporting team, maybe he'll just palm it off an office intern commander, Beetlejuice. When she's not doing courtroom sketches, of course. In a move that hints at either a severe lack of forward planning or, most sinisterly, insider trading, the Pilots' Federation has asked for materials to be delivered to 10 brand-new starports following their upgrade from outposts. They are asking for bauxite, building fabricators, galite, power generators, rutil and thermal cooling units. We want to know why has this need only now come to light? Is it a way for school friends of the galactic leaders to cash in by unloading their excess inventory? Have people supplying these goods had any experience in the field? Who authorised the contract? Are any of them friends of a man with dodgy eyesight? If we give them the benefit of the doubt and look for legitimate reasons for the unseemly haste in gathering these items, we know that some of the possible uses for them include making white paint from Rutil, creating building materials from bauxite, making computer chips from the Galite, and these preparations for the much vaunted walking about the place and meeting people that we've heard so much about lately. And if so, is the paint going to be used by a lone pilot in a spacesuit hanging off the side of the station, painting his name in large letters? When these buildings are fabricated, will any of them actually have bedrooms, or is everyone still expected to sleep in their ships? Only time will tell. We say, follow the money and keep an eye out to see who in the galaxy is now able to afford their own planet. As for the external decoration, we know it's not going to be white. This season's colour is definitely a shade of blue. With everywhere from Normer's Expanse to Beagle Point being frequented by pilots aplenty over recent years, you'd be forgiven for thinking that civilization had been brought to just about everywhere. Apart, of course, from those permit-locked sectors, but they've probably got civilizations all to their own who really don't want humans cluttering up the place. However, the real extent of human civilization has a border. The surface. What might have been called the edge if you were a flat bubble believer, but as we're working in 3D these days, it's the best name we could come up with. As you head farther from the heart of humanity, away to the edge of the Federation, Empire or Alliance, you enter independent territory. Local warlords, Bandits and loners stake a claim to low population systems right out before you hit deep space. Dotted beyond them are a smattering of lonely systems with no neighbors to borrow their lawnmower and more than a little of your types not welcome here going on. It's at these edges of civilization that you find small border outposts 
dusty lanes where you're used to seeing roadways. A symbolic arch showing the town border. A hollow counter that corrects itself every once in a while. Previously unmapped and inaccessible to pilots, 3307 will herald in a new era for cowboys. Cowgirls, chaps, stetsons, and spurs. Scavenging, sampling, and shooting will be the order of the day. Sarsaparilla, chewing tobacco, spittoons, pianolers, and six-shooters, gunslingers for hire, men with no name, and dukes galore. Yes, it evokes thoughts of the wild, wild west, walking into town to the sound of a sign swinging in the breeze, the local undertaker taking measurements with his eyes and giving pilots a curt nod as they mosey on into town. An occasional wannabe lawkeeper pinned to a silver star, regretting having crossed a local outlaw. A silver star pinned to someone who'll do as they're told and keep their mouth shut. Sounds like something out of a movie. We here have seen pictures, and believe us, 3307 will be harking back to an era when your gun did the talking and being clean-shaven was for young'uns. In a blatant attempt to hide bad news, which some have described as the practice of dead-catting, one of the galaxy's little guys, Chief Technician Rory Webster, a man with an otherwise spotless record, has been charged with attempting to destroy Starship One in 3301. They kept that under their rimlocks for a long time, didn't they? Online thesauruses have been melting under the deluge of inquiries for a printable synonym for scapegoat or patsy, as news emerged that critical records that would have exonerated Mr Webster had been deleted. Uh, these records were stored on old-fashioned magnetic disks, and officials have tried to defend the practice of keeping these in a central vault at a power station claiming that the high magnetic fields would have had no effect on the discs and in any case there are original paper copies. We found that these so-called originals were housed in a building that burned down in 3303 <coughs> and all that was left of the contents was a sign saying beware of the leopard. We are distrustful of the motives behind this show trial and have advised Mr Webster to be on the lookout for suspicious characters visiting his cell late at night. Celebrations were launched in O'Connor City over in Van Manen's Star in the last few days after the final televised debate between the candidates from the Hutton Orbital and the Mad Monks of the Sublime Order of Van Manen's Star was hosted. As is usual for any election, the debate was compared by a local TV celebrity interviewer and all-round nice guy, Rex Bottoms. Unlike 20th century TV debates, this one was an entirely civil affair, although it was peppered with interruptions as the representatives of the two parties fell over themselves to be nice about each other. Hutton, of course, represented by Team Hotbox, retained its system via an overwhelming majority, logging over 99.999% of the votes. And that was only because Rampage ate the crayon he was supposed to mark his ballot paper with. The monks, as usual, were campaigning for Hutton to win the system, 
as they're usually too busy washing their habits, sniffing the incense and humming quietly to themselves in cloisters to be bothered. To be extra obliging, they handed over the keys to Jury Terminal as a thank you present. The completion of this election landslide also coincided with the appointment of the new hot boss for Hotbox, who attended the opening ceremony for the Hutton office at Jury with the immortal words, I didn't do it and no one saw nothing. It was them other boys, followed by the cutting of the ribbon. Yes, we're delighted to announce that Malice XR3 has had greatness thrust upon him and will be spending the next few months writing letters to Alvin with apologies attached. Locals have been on a spending spree over at the record stores and system and it's expected that the single Malice, Who the Funk is Malice, will enter the charts at number one, breaking all records since the firms went Star Trekking. Congratulations Malice and may the mug be with you. I'm sure it won't surprise you that after being forced into an election in Van Marnen's star, the populace emphatically endorsed Alvin as their fluffy leader of choice in a landslide victory. And this has allowed our influence to rocket. We're now at a point where we can let that stabilise again. We have a number of systems over 60%, but only one causing concern, which is trepping, where we could do with stopping the rise and hopefully lowering it a few points. The big news this week is the terrorist attack in Avic. We aren't sure who is behind it, although we obviously suspect the dastardly Don or one of his allies. But being targeted in this way is causing major negative effects for our security and economic states. We need to organise legal deliveries of weapons for use by local authorities. I'll repeat that. Legal deliveries. And by bounty hunting. For further updates and instructions, please hang around the various BGS channels and await instructions once we have a plan of action from Snuggles McKeague. In Colonia, we're in election in Tyr. What a surprise. Pythias? Well, we're just there. No one seems to know why. I suggest you ignore it. Doriso is in outbreak, so smash the profits shipping meds around. Win the election in Tyr. Again. And do whatever it is you do to have fun out there. Over to Norma. On Saturday at 9pm BST, regular Hutton does CQC. Have you ever fancied having a go at CQC but can't find anyone to join up with? Why not join this regular event organised by the Hotbox team? Now, just because it's the Hotboxers running the event, that doesn't mean that commanders on other platforms are unwelcome. Far from it. So come along, see who else is around, organise a team or join one, it's up to you. Use the phrase, for the mug, when entering the lobby to show your Hutton loyalty. It was nearly curtains for Senator Drew Wagar this evening, as he was due to begin his Astro tour, but owing to the state of his home base being in infrastructure failure, and since he forgot to pack his AFMU, another flipping module's unusable, then he had to wait for the replacement unit to be shipped. He reported that being unable to take his ship out into the galaxy has done wonders for the bit of his life that he actually gets paid for and he's been working on his Smith Corona all day. Thanks to the wonders of hyperspace though, he did get his replacement module a short time ago, so it's no longer curtains, but curtain up. And that's it from the community this week. 
We do know that the third episode of the 306 SRV Slaughter Bowl took place on Sunday, but everyone's keeping tight-lipped over what actually happened. Flossie will be along later to give us all the information about the new community goals. And we're back. Yes, thank you very much to the news presenting team. Uh, this is Hutton Orbital Live from Studio 5 uh, over in uh, the very, very top of one of those arms of the orbital. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got a, the usual smattering of presenters with this evening. Um, we are joined by, and in fact, you, you heard it just now, is Commander Flossie. Good evening, Commander Flossie. Good evening. Or should we say, um, was it Baron von Lister? Oh, I've gone further up now. I'm an Earl. <laughs> I thought you were Viscount Lister. You're Earl Lister now. Yes. <laughs> my my name is Earl and all that. Um, so, so what are you what are you doing to to earn these these plaudits from uh, whoever's handing them out? Well, I think it must, a lot of the rep I was getting doing the burning stations or something or other things I've done in the past. I don't oh, know. So you you racked up I, a lot of it and then I suddenly noticed. Problems. I suddenly noticed that was 100% at whatever rank it was. And I thought, like, oh, I'll have to look for a mission to, to get the next one. And I noticed that was 100%. And all, quite a, about half a dozen or so afterwards, they were all 100%. So I finally so what, got to Earl. Uh, which is 100% more than once. <laughs> I'm now only, I think it's uh, something like 26% Earl. <laughs> what, what, so, what, what do you get for being an earl? I mean, do they, they pin some extra braid to your, your jacket or...? <laughs> uh, nothing for that particular. I think the last thing I got was a, 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 a faeces... Uh, <laughs> or whatever you call it. A, fe- <laughs> a faeces permit. A faeces permit, yeah. <laughs> you can no go shit. wherever, whenever. So, um, um, oh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at mine. No, I'm nowhere near that. I think I'm, what is it, an outsider? Goodness knows. I'm, I'm not very well liked by that lot. So, no, I've not done, I've not done much. Uh, we, we, sorry, I got interrupted by an incoming message there. Uh, am I running the show this evening? Yes. Can you? No, I can't do stuff while the radio show's on. We're busy. Shush. There we go. Um, <laughs> crikey. No, we can't make those changes. Yes, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, we, 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 we'll, we'll do something, but uh, later, maybe later. Anyway, um, alongside Viscount Earl Baron Flossie III, um, we have the dead meat. But dead meat, GF. Are, 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 you an, are you an Earl or are you a king these days? Uh, dead meat, GF is a king. Um, Mr. Snockers is a Viscount, which is why he did the, uh, the Biggie Ball run. That king, as in king nuisance. Uh, uh, oh, what? Sorry, I misheard you there. I thought you said something naughty that would have got you smacked by Flossie's pan. No, a viscount, as in the biscuit. Oh, right. Okay. I thought that was a kind of biscuit. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, mint, the minty ones are better than the orange like, ones. Like a yo-yo. <laughs> like I like the orange ones. It is. We call yo-yo, didn't it? I thought that was a no. You use them back You use You use are different. They are different. Oh. Yeah. What, what are they called? Very similar. Anyway. And uh, deep, get into toffee pops. Deep, deep fried chucky bickies. <laughs> <laughs> deep fried chucky bickies. Right, so you're a deep fried chucky bickie. Um, and and uh, how are you this week? What what have I mean, obviously you've been keeping an eye on the hot pit stuff and what's been going on over in uh, over in Van Marnen's Star over at O'Connor. Yes, yes, I I really relax and let everyone else do it because 
we know that the monks don't fight us for elections and things, so I let everyone else have lots of fun and well, there was, there was smash a it in the minimum the, 40s. There was the galactic forums about a, a campaign of people to try and prevent Hutton being in charge of the system, which sort of went off like a damp squib, really, didn't it? It, it did appear to be all on the forums and nothing in-game, to be fair. It was one of those let's go and storm Area 51 things where one person turned up and then Naruto ran towards the barrier before getting shot. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so not, not much happened there, but we're, we're nicely back in charge of the system. I mean, we, we, we've been in charge of it for, what, th- three years now? Something like that? For maybe four. Yeah, it's a long, long time. It's ours, and the Mad Monks like that it's ours. And they don't need it, your help, thanks. As, as mentioned, it takes the pressure off. They like chanting and flagellating themselves and washing their dirty habits in public yep and we've met the met met the mad monks of uh, van man and the, the sublime order and they're they're lovely chaps the pair of them brothers i think it's some kind of monastery term i think they really are brothers as well not just uh i think i think it's a t- an honorific and a fact well there you go um so, other than that, everything seems... I mean, yeah, Colonia seems quite calm, and the Hanky's quite calm, and it, it's sort of all sort of... I mean, it coincides quite nicely, all the systems being calm, with having loads and loads of other things to do in the galaxy. Yes. Yeah. Sure, because obviously we've got, nice. we got Commander Wotherspoon coming up in a bit who's going to tell us all about what's going on on, on Galnet and some of the... I mean, it, it sounds like it's kicking off quite badly at the moment. With, with, what is it? Liz Ryder in trouble with it's Imperials fighting. We they've 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 had a break, haven't they? The Fargoods have gone away. Liz they've Ryder is she related to that Alex Ryder fellow from the you know the history books? I, that's you know that's definitely Mister Mister Waterspoon's area from the book whose name we won't mention. You know you know that one with with um, Mermuths that we you know, talked about the other week. And um, wasn't he Alex Ryder? Maybe she's no, related. It's yeah. the boy detective Alex Ryder. No, what was his what was his name? I thought Ryder was the surname of the one who flew the the Cobra in the uh, the history books about um, you know that was Jameson. The wagon wheel. The, Jameson. the only yeah, the only one I know from the only Ryder I know from history is that is he he was called Shored Ryder and he had a fetish about melons. <laughs> well, there, there is there is that one. Yes, no, 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 no it relation. Was, then it, it was uh, <laughs> at the time of Soontil's discovery. Um, Alex Ryder, who had two sons, Neptune and Oberon. There we go. Ah. And and uh, son of Jason Ryder, and it wasn't his uncle or something who gave him gave him the ship or told him where to find the the um, what was it the the Tionisla ship graveyard. Oh well, I st- maybe I, I dreamt all of this. There. Maybe it was one of those cheese induced mm. dreams back from when I was a, a small boy. So there's, <laughs> yeah, there's loads of other stuff going in the galaxy. It's all it's all kicking off. And actually, talking of it all kicking off, Palantir. What? It wasn't me. No, <laughs> it, it was like that when I got here. I mean, the Uriubia, how do we say that word? We're going to have to ask Flossie or, or um, Commander Wotherspoon later. Is it Uriubia? Uriubia? Or, <laughs> I don't know I made. <laughs> or I haven't made a sound like that since I last had 19 pints. Was it Uribi- blue, blue Uribia? Or something? That was yesterday. Eruba. Yes, Ufafu. Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Yeah, um, so yeah, they're, they're, so they're all sort of having a big fight over who who the NMLA are. Eliminate. NMLA. I don't know. The people who set fire to those stations, and they think it was one of the engineers. I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so there's, there's all of that Poor kicking bullet. off, and then, then obviously Flossie's bringing us some details of the, the current set of CGs. Yeah. Which is all to do with that, I think, aren't you? 
Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Amelia. Hello. You've been sort of digging into big bowls of food again for us. Yes. And what do we got this week? What do we got coming up in a bit? This week we have Spongiforma from Spongiforma. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, from the Coquim system. Oh, so that's how you say it. Yes. I was saying it completely Coquim. differently to that. <laughs> but because um, it sounded rude and that made me giggle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're, you're trying the, 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 the Coquim, definitely the Coquim, the, 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 the Coquim um, Spongiforma. Yes. Which is keeping the Imperial theme this evening. They're very popular over in the Empire. Yes, very, very popular in the Empire. Well, they, well, they were Even to this day. Empire. I mean, they, they have been for a long time. Yes. Um, and then we got we come to the apology officer. Hello. Now, you're not going to say I'm very, very sorry for, for, um, for malice, are you? Because, well, you're very, maybe very sorry no, to malice. Yeah, I feel very, very sorry for malice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. So, uh, my deepest that, condolences. For those that don't know, obviously Hutton, uh, as, a, as a group, has sort of all sorts of different, different divisions. And the, those who play mm. with their thumbs are known as Team Hotbox because... That, that's what they plug into their flight control systems. And um, the hot box has a hot boss, and the hot boss changes every single year. Once a year? Yes, once a year. And so the outgoing hot boss was? The outgoing hot boss was Mr. Venezia, so it was Cody James Venezia. Yep, who's done an awesome job all year. Oh, yeah. Keeping keeping you lot in line <laughs> and not smashing anything. Or leave it. Yeah. And then before that, it was our very own Commander Rampage. It was. 737. It's interesting um, to know apologies have gone down noticeably since Corey took over. We might have to have a word with the rampage about that one. So what do yeah. we reckon? Apologies going back up again under Malice? I mean, does Malice oh, have yeah. a, a master plan? No, he doesn't have a master plan. Not that I know of anyway, um, but he does have a habit for uh, triggering the Yota defence turrets that are hunting. So yeah, ah. apologies are bound to go up under his so categ category benevolent dictatorship. Loss of property, yeah. damage. All, all of the above. Yeah, hotbox <laughs> special. <laughs> Yep. Obviously, you know, if you do fly uh, on uh, an Xbox and you mm -hmm. want more people to fly with, um, you, you can get in touch with the team and you've got a team chat that goes on. So we've got the main Hutton stuff going on, but you've got a, a private team chat based out of Van Man and Star O'Connor. Yes, yes. There's a Van Man, the VMS uh, telephone exchange connects people to people. Um, so there's a, a VMS chat on Facebook. And that's um, Rosemary, so, the telephone operator, answers that one. That's, yeah, that's Rosemary. Or if it's a Tuesday afternoon, it's Doris, because that's Rosemary's afternoon off. Ah, right, okay. And um, so, yeah, they can they can get in touch with you or uh, Rampage 737 or Malice XR3 and invite it or, to the, yeah, the voice Yeah, any one of us, and, yeah. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll get them into the squadron, we'll get them into the chat, and yeah. Well, we'll and the kinds on. of things you get up to. I mean, we obviously we know all about the banter bus and Kinrain and what they get up to, and we know about yep. Flossie and what she gets up to, and mm -hmm. God, boggles the mind. But what, what about you guys? What, what you? Up oh, to? we do all sorts. <laughs> we do all sorts. Um, we've got regular. Um, we've got the the mug mates are back. So Malice has been in charge of the mug mates, um, and Commander Shawside Customs has been doing uh, regular Hutton does CQC, which is on this Saturday. Um, we've had other events from other people. So last big one, I think, was Anaconda Graveyard. Um, we all took a trip out there with a couple of, couple of uh, hangers on. Because um, you've got your own, you've got your own fleet carrier that you use. Obviously, it's open to everybody on all platforms. But um, yeah, it's the Alvin's Paw, isn't the isn't FTM Alvin's Paw? Yep, yep. You can tell it's the orange one. 
<laughs> right, bright orange. Now, which design is, is it? One of the ones with the big bulbous front on it, or is it like a sort of the shark, the the sort no, of sideways hammerhead shark? It's, it's got a big round ball on the front. Oh right, it's a big big balls on the front. Yeah, big ball at the front. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, everybody follow the ball and stay away from the light. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, so you get you get up to loads, and obviously you you post things up mm-hmm. on the the Hutton Facebook page, and uh, yep. for people to, to carry on with. And of course, if you're in the squadron, is there a regular squadron notice goes up as well? Uh, there are irregular squadron notices. <laughs> oh, they I've read them. They're very irregular. Yeah. <laughs> the spelling, particularly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, but you know, some people have fat finger syndrome. It's not easy. Well, no, it's more a case of if you hit your face really hard on the keyboard and then sort of roll left a bit and then roll right a bit, some some characters go on the screen. It always works for me. What is it? The infinite monkey, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, Is it yeah, yeah and, it's the, the infinite yeah. monkeys. If if you threw a million hot boxes at a million keyboards, after Some, a million somebody years, will sooner or later somebody will spell something right. Yeah, yeah one they, of them now had to type their own name. <laughs> we're used to doing it with potato prints it's not easy in a keyboard <laughs> yes but, um, yeah so we were uh, last weekend there was a few of us out doing the, the Van Manen Star election we're out there you know kinda with our placards and our big rosettes and you know vote for us vote for vote hotbox and you know Rampage was eating the crayons all that stuff you know it was good fun yeah and and of course um, if you're, we're we're um, we're a little thin on uh, oh, oh crikey! Somebody is pinging my left ear. We're a little we're a little thin on on people this evening, mainly because there's a few exciting events happening which which people have decided to go to instead of listening to us. But actually, we don't <laughs> mind in this case. We don't no, mind that nobody's not. listening now because we obviously no. upload it afterwards to the YouTube channel. But um, there is yeah. something today is is a special day. In fact, it's it's just one special day, isn't it, or one special night? Ready for the one special day? Yes, it is tomorrow. Yes, it is. Yep. Ooh. So right. I think there is a there's, a there's a live stream going on at the moment by Commander Kidney. Yeah. Um, now that you can find that um, details on that. Now I know where the the just giving sort of raffle stuff is, which is justgiving.com slash fundraising slash one special night raffle. But where, where is the stream going on? We don't mean abandon us right now and go and watch it. You, you can if you really want. But there, there, is, a, <laughs> there is a stream by um, Special Effects going on. That's excellent. Yes. And I just heard about the raffle as well. Yep. Oh, and then, then Drew managed I'll to be, get... I'll his, be in his, for the raffle. Yeah, and his, his, his radio antenna working and then... Malik went live with something and, and Jack Little went live with something. So, yes, if you're still listening to us, it's an absolute wonder you found us with all those <laughs> transmissions going on out there. Yeah, it was it was nice. I was sort of pleased that Drew was back on, but I'd written the bit in for Norma to say that poor old um, Drew isn't able to to start his tour this evening. And then I'm cooking dinner and I spot something come up on Twitter saying, I've got it fixed. I thought... Well, that's fine for you, isn't it, mate? But I've got to go and rewrite the little script. <laughs> yeah. not content with crashing <laughs> so, our show. So rude. So rude. It doesn't oh, care. Dear. Rude. Yeah, no, Just rude. It's the hat. He's, he's a rotter. Yeah. He's a rotter, that Drew fella. Anyway, well, you know, there are a load of other um, streams. I mean, obviously, with all the news that's come out this week, uh, with the... Um, well, the, the release, I mean, the, you know, you think we make these news articles up. We don't. There was a little bit of a Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing went on mm. over at Shinrata Desra this week. In uh, yeah. We were all told that on Wednesday we were going to go, ooh, shiny, at new stuff. And then we were disappointed because it wasn't on Wednesday. No, it was on Tuesday. It was on Tuesday. So, so this is the releases of the second Dev Diary. 
Yeah, the second the second dev director, and it was discussed earlier this evening as well by the Pilots Federation. I think Mister mm-hmm. Mister um, Tolmy and uh, and friends discussed it, and there was also a little video came out with um, a load of the development team, including one of them with incredibly blue eyes. I'm, I don't know if that was the green screen. Made him I know, I saw him as well. Yeah, yeah, um, but they they were t- they were talking about what they're achieving, and I have to say, I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that i mean i was expecting little bits like walk on planets but the 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 sheer level of in stations and bases mm. and that firefly feeling you got from that guy walking towards the bridge you know yes into a you could that could be firefly that could be mandalorian yeah, i mean you've that just dusted be... off behind and you've set foot and yeah yeah you've got your weapon on your hip obviously they've not even talked about combat yet I and mean, we, we're all getting excited about walking into a bar <laughs> i mean really that's what we got excited about on tuesday was walking into a bar I'm excited for breaking into a shipwreck. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, the scavenging looks quite interesting. They, they, I mean, they mentioned mm. it in passing. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Um, but you know, going to that anaconda, you know, because ages ago, if you remember, before they before Horizons came out. They were showing this sort of you, you're going down a planet and you go to your SRV and they went round a corner and there were these two crashed anacondas into the side of hills. And, mm. and that was sort of a bit of a wow moment when you see sort of, you know, ships a bit destroyed and crash into the ground. But the idea that you can now get out and, you know, get your welding torch out, I don't know what you can get out, and, and pinch bits off them to sell on the black market or <laughs> as a scavenger, that, that's... Um, Stop it, Sean. <clears throat> yeah. I would, <laughs> Is he pinching? I would say He's that... Giggling. <laughs> He's giggling. He's giggling about what you can wrong, get out. Wrong, yeah. Wrong, yeah. And the wrong kind of pinching, Sean. Tenuous atmosphere. Uh, that note was. from Commander Wotherspoon: yeah. The apology officer comes from Glasgow, breaking and entering is in the blood. Oh, oh dear! No, it's all true. There was a hint about sort of stealing things from inside settlements as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did mention that beer mats. Second like settlements. Yeah, reminds me of the old beer mats. Yeah, when you when you Traffic walk around cones. and there's oh there's a box I'll have that and there's a candle I'll have that and there's you know you just walk around someone's yeah. house picking up everything <laughs> and pocketing it. You'll probably oh, yeah. find as well that uh, suddenly the power will go out and you go oh no, <laughs> you go outside and somebody's off with this somebody's off with the generators you know. <laughs> oh, you're, just as you're you're digging through some dark cupboard somewhere. That's not what they mean by loot boxes. You're not supposed to be going through somebody's house. <laughs> <laughs> and and they had the new uniforms as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Now, Flossie, yes. I, I was, you know, I the your flight suit. I mean, I, I can see you more of an explorer, maybe a bit of scavenging, but that that military one with that great big helmet. I, I, <laughs> I definitely got a spaceballs vibe off that helmet. <laughs> Did anybody else get that, or was it, you know, yeah. dark helmet and his? Do you know if you ever saw the film Elysium, there was robots and that like robot police, and they looked like that. Yeah, I, I don't know what that helmet reminds me of, but it, it's certainly uh. of, of, of something. But and it, I noticed it came in sort of properly approved federal grey. <laughs> of course, for those of you like me who are colourblind, it could have been purple, I suppose, but that's a long-going don't, discussion. Don't, no, yeah. definitely do grey. Don't definitely do the purple grey. helmet thing. Oh, no, <laughs> dodge. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I was being subtle. <laughs> this is why I never get invited onto Lave Radio. No, and the theme of this week's show is not that thing that you think it is either. Um, mm. <laughs> and you. 
But yeah, so the I mean, obviously these 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 functional suits look quite. I mean, that that one looked like you know you're pretty safe if somebody wants to mash you over the head with something <clears> heavy <throat> on that one. <laughs> off and back with it. <laughs> I will tell Lou. I will tell Lou to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it all looks. I mean, it, it looked yeah. better than I expected. I mean, I don't want to expect. I expected it to be great, but that. I mean, it really. And when they were standing mm. in the window of that station, and that cobra just flew over. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the look of that, but I think in the stations it's going to be just the social hub. I don't know that you'll be able to get around the whole station. Oh yeah, you know. I, I mean, I, crikey, I think you'll be able to get around. Yeah, exactly. I think you'll have the bar and you'll have the shops, and you know you'll have the lounge and the big window bit and all that kind of thing. Well, you it's, know, it's so a bit like being on everything. one of those giant like cross-channel ferries, you know, with about yeah. forty decks on it, and you think I don't actually know what deck I'm on. I don't even know which way's forwards. All I know is but, that everything's moving and I'm lost. <laughs> and there's a big window looking yeah. down on the on the truck deck, on the vehicle deck. That's the bit you're trying to get to, but you can't find it because yeah. all the corridors look the same. I mean, those Coriolises. Coriolises? Coriolis. Corio- Coriolas. Coriolises? Yeah, they're, they're big. <laughs> yeah, they're big. And mo- most of it you don't want to go to because it probably smells funny anyway. Yeah. Do you know, the asteroid base looked awesome. I do. Oh, yes. I want to find out where that window is, so I need to go and look in an asteroid base and see where that window is now. Well, there was somebody who did that study as well, and and you find you can even see which pad it's on because they they took the screenshot of the station that oh. they'd seen in a previous dev diary, not uh-huh. from the window, and then they went and uh, lined it up with the picture from the window, and they've worked out which station it is. Oh, they even know <laughs> what station it is. That's brilliant. They know exactly which station it is. There is some high grade geekery going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, good evening to OK. Mm, just popped in. What did I miss? You missed the news. <laughs> I was catching up on the FDev Discovery Scanner. Yeah, I know they did that to us. That's terrible. Yeah, but they finished ages ago. They finished an hour yeah. ago. And they did finish before we started. They did, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we were watching, so, so you don't get away. Yeah. So that's the dev. I wonder what the next one is. I mean, is it going to be combat? Are we going to see how to pew pew people? We might see how it pew, pew, pew. You never know. Or it, it could, could be scavenging, be. or it could be exobiology next to the dev diaries. We have, we have no idea. <gasps> Who knows? Even SRVs, variants. Who knows? I'm guessing. Oh I mean, goodness. I'm making that up. Mad Max style, yeah. Mad Max uh, style, yeah. Squee and clap a bit, yeah. Um, mm. Anyway, other things we've got to mention. Obviously, there is, there's, there's something else going on that we have to vote for now that voting's finished in Van Marmen's style. Um, Amelia? Muggies. You, you, were a, you were a nominee last time, but uh, what are the Muggies? The Muggies are a very, very, very special event of the year, which uh, where you get to vote for, well, the, it could be the the Muggiest Trucker or the Muggiest Miner or... or the Truckiest Mugger or... Yeah, or the, yeah. In a whole pile of categories. I mean, it's sort of... Loads of categories. You can even select your own. Yeah, your own category. And they're sort of modelled on those big glitzy award ceremonies that places like Hollywood have and, you know... Well, um, it is a big glitzy award, isn't it? It's the glitziest award we have. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's the, it's the most watched... The most watched video we have this year was up from the Muggies, and it has its own music and presenting team. Anyway, so Mr Shouty of the Barnard Stars Dockers is sort of one of the uh, architects of this, along with Mr Cow. And and many others, and, and Mr. Move and the programming behind it, and uh, Antares Fusion, I think, is providing numbers for them for who did the most, aside from the nominations. And that's... So nominations are open at the moment, but the actual awards ceremony itself is not until the first... January the, the 7th. Year. January the 7th. 
there we go um so what do you do to go you just go to the Hutton facebook page it is the pinned post all about the muggies and you can nominate people there um it's not just about who trucked the most or mined the most it's also about the the person who did it best mm. and best doesn't mean most best could be with the most style or you know um so go and nominate people there and then there's a voting that's going to be live later in the year where we all get to vote on the shortlist so the the committee de determine who the shortlist is and then we get to vote on it and then top secret things happen and then in january they all get handed out Which and i put, the, put the links in the in the twitch chat for nominations nominations.forthemug.com <clears throat> Am I right in thinking it's a glittering ceremony at McArgoyd's in the parade at Hutton? It, it, it could well be. It could be. It's a yeah. red carpet, but it's p painted with your blood. Um, and obviously <laughs> there, there are... There are actual... oh, it's a green carpet then. Yeah, genuine awards for the winners as well. Yes, there are. ones handed out last year. The actual muggies themselves. Are, yeah, I think the, the wonderful two-piece muggies that people people got. Mine was a three-piece. <laughs> well, oh, that's only sweet. That's only because the dog sat on it and is not a dog, is a bear. No, no. Was Mine was headless. <laughs> These are limited edition ones. And talking of prizes, <laughs> obviously, we've got notification from Snoz that some of the prizes, the final prizes from ECM, have finally been shipped. And we know that LCU No Full Like One has received his. The ship identification charts that are done, the blueprints, you know, those, those beautiful, beautiful blueprints there's something like 54 oh, pages yeah. of them and they've been shipped now to the winners from ecm and they should be arriving soon brackets trademark uh, we're looking at lenin for instance who's expecting one to arrive and um, but being in parts foreign it'll probably take uh, a week or two um so we know they've started arriving um i have one I, of those actually i have an a1 size one of those in a frame what, in just room. one or fantastic all oh no just one I, I couldn't fit 54 in the room Fair enough. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, what have we got? Um, dead meat. Hello. There, there's a mission. There is. Yes, it's it's one of those nice, steady, slow burners. Um, the expansion from Wolf Forty Eighty One, known as Operation Wolf Hunt. We're uh, tell, tell us tell us more. It's it's really that simple. We we want to expand from Wolf Fourteen Eighty One because that will take us to another wolf. Oh, no, Which, no, 1481 is where we're going, I think. No, 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 that's where we are. That's where we are. Or 562 is where we're going. 562 is where we're going, yes. Right, okay. Yep. So that's why it's called Wolf Hunt, because it's wolves and wolves, and we've done Operation Wolf. A bit <laughs> of wolf on, wolf on wolf action. <laughs> Indeedy. So, um, obviously, we've had a little bit of a dip with the exciting return of the new CGs and the election in Van Marnen's Star, uh, and a little bit of background prep going on in other systems, but... The word from Snuggles McKeague is just hit Wolf 1481, push the influence up, get us to that 70 plus percent expansion zone and keep us there until we expand. And that should throw us into... For, into uh, and, and we want this new, new Wolf because it's a high tech system. It's, it's, it's not popular shiny. for No it's, players it's in it. It's shiny. It's got gear. It's going to have a nice, well-equipped space station with lots of gadgets to buy. Probably come in handy when the uh, Odyssey lands as well, I'd imagine. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine so. so. Somewhere to buy extra stuff for us, because yes. as you know, 
you know, anacondas are expensive at Hutton Orbital. Really expensive. <laughs> you can't a whole hundred credits. Yeah, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Exactly. Yeah, the thing is, the, affording the anaconda is easy. It's finding the large pad, and only the very, very special people know where that we is. cunningly marked it with the words no and entry. Don't give it away. Well, then again, <laughs> that, that force will hold just about anything, won't it? <laughs> Um, right. Well, that's just about it from the sort of the community banter and uh, from this little bit of the show. Has anybody got anything else to add before we um, ask uh, Amelia to introduce our, our first snippet? I was just going to say, the, um, we mentioned the, uh, the One Special Night raffle. Um, since the show started, it's gone from about two and a half thousand to a smidge below its target of five thousand. Which is, and that's exactly why we forgive everybody for going and watching that instead of us. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. romping away. And, and talking of that, obviously, the one, one special day, uh, which is tomorrow, because this yes. is the night before the day, um, is the one day uh, for special effect when the, uh, the gaming community and actually the, the manufacturers of the games, the creators of the games all get together and they, between them, um, give away all sorts of crazy stuff like all their profits from the sales of one item or one game you know, for, for a period during the day. So they actually donate a little bit of their, their, own, their own profits. Uh, back to the charity and put back into those that you know need access to gaming so um and there's a load of content and streams and whatever going on through the day so there's a load of companies it's not just a, a special effect and elite thing even though we talk so much about frontiers involvement with them i mean everybody gets behind it loads and loads of people loads of games including the guys behind gang beasts i understand as well yep yep even um, so big there are players be like loads of streams going on tomorrow yes all about that uh, our friends at hcs voice packs who i think they, they they may be tuning in this evening as well um obviously have recommitted to um giving away cecil for charity or giving away selling cecil for charity when he needs oh please no no that, let's just give him oh, away please yeah that's well, not, well, not, well, not, well, they, not they, a loose change in the galaxy they give him away don't they it's it's we still do yeah, they, 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 yes so, so what happens is basically when you buy them they tot up all of the monies and they, they send um, special effect a big check and it's, it's very generous of them because obviously the Cecil pack was an in joke for us and it was created by the Hutton Truckers you know, we, we sort of funded it between us and, and got the studio uh, paid for um, and then obviously the team from HCS donated their own time actually producing it doing the programming that kind of thing and, and then turned around and said oh, right, it's all going to charity which is very generous of them. And they've committed again for another year on giving Cecil away for charity. So thank you very much to the entire team from HCS for doing that one for us. I think I'm reconsidering buying those raffle tickets now. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, that Cecil is not up for grabs in the raffle, so you're quite safe. That's all no, right, they've then. already put him in the raffle a couple of times. I think people handed the photograph back at ECM that they were given of Cecil. I saw somebody <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Everybody else wanted to get them signed, apart from the Cecil one, which they handed back, said, no, I don't want this rubbish. <laughs> no, no, I wonder why. Um, so, yes, that's, that's one special day tomorrow. It's a one-a-year thing for special effect, and there's loads of games companies involved, and it's going to be a, a reet laugh. Right. Moving along, then, Amelia... Uh, yes. Are your vocal cords warmed up for our next introduction? Um, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Well, we're we're going to hand over to you to read it, and then to Normski to push the magic buttons. Okay. And we will speak to everybody again on the far side of the, um, yes, the Galnet News Digest. But first, Amelia, take it away. Radio. Well, before we are taught a valuable lesson by Commander Weatherspoon, we've got a song. 
about something dear to our hearts. It's Mug. 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 Mugs are just the shape I can't forget. They give me pleasure and regret. Something to treasure or the price you have to pay. Mugs, maybe the sting that slapping brings. Maybe that stain with coffee rings. Maybe a hundred different things to really put you in a daze. Mugs, maybe they're thrown or they're just shoved. Maybe they're hated or just loved. May turn each victim to tears or to a mess. Mugs may be the anger of my soul. The shards lodge up inside your hole. Mugs may help you reach your goal inside your mind. Jumpers almost as much as I love mugs. I wonder if I could put a mug on a jumper. Or even better, I could put a jumper on a mug. Are you writing this down, Michel? Yes, I am all over it, your brunelness. Mugs that always seem so heavy in my hand. Some people say they'd like them banned I just love to see them when they fly Mugs, porcelain love that will always last I relive my greatest hits of the past That I'll remember till the day I die Mugs are just the reason I survive Next to jumpers, they're why I'm alive. You have to care for them through the rough and ready years. And I'll, I'll take the handle in my grip and swat the fuckers that give me jip. And if there's tea, I'll take a sip. The meaning of my life is mugs. Digest, 1st of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, Empire accuses Ryder of terrorist supply. The IISS thanks commanders. Publishing in one easy step. Opening soon, near you. 
Empire accuses Ryder of terrorist supply. Liz Ryder is wanted by the Imperial Internal Security Service, and it's not because they want their missiles upgraded. She's being accused of supplying the Thargoid enzyme weapons used by the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army to bomb four stations on the 10th of September. There are competing factions in Ryder's home system of Eurybia, battling either to arrest her or to keep her free. If she's arrested, her engineering facility, Demolition Unlimited, will presumably have to close. But can we allow someone suspected to have assisted terrorism to remain free? Commanders are urged to think long and hard about which side of this issue they want to support. Meanwhile, the Empire has placed martial law on four systems with many Marlinist supporters. The Marlinists in Aquada, Beatis, Chana and Haramonda have explained to local news sources that they want to work peacefully towards political change within the Empire, including a more equitable distribution of power and wealth. In their statements, they repeatedly denounce the terrorist acts of the neo-Marlinist splinter group. However, it seems unlikely that this will be enough to stave off the wrath of Senator Denton Petraeus. The IISS thanks commanders. Following the conclusion of the appeal for provisions for the Prince Harold Memorial and Imperial Shindig, the Imperial Internal Security Service has started security screening the goods ready for onward delivery to Akinar. In addition to the fire opals, Kamitra cigars, Lavian brandy and Essesico caviar, they are pleased to announce that commanders have delivered two Hutton mugs with the handles on upside down, an old bent coin, a blue wig with property of Princess Ashling written inside, a faded Frankie Says Riort t-shirt, a set of Planet Coaster pin badgers, the mummified corpse of Bruce Willis from a film called Fifth Element, with ancient crumbling fingers clutching a multipass, the Curiosity rover from the museum in Sol, an ancient electric sports car found orbiting Mars, a vial of secret earwax labelled from the right ear of Yuri Grom, a vinyl record inscribed now that's what I call music 33235. And a Thargoid's armpit. The IISS is sure that the morning party would receive these kind gifts in the manner in which they were intended and explains that, for security reasons, it will incinerate them all with flamethrowers. Grateful thanks to those who contributed. Publishing in one easy step. An unnamed member of the Pilots' Federation is reported to have been practising his combat on Wednesday. Attempting to fire his railgun, he accidentally engaged silent running. Started to overheat and in the ensuing panic of a red-hot glowing cockpit, he accidentally pushed the button that published the top-secret Dev Diary 2 to the entire galaxy. Unaware of this, he continued to fire round after round of railguns in the approximate direction of his patiently waiting adversary, without landing a single shot. Speaking to investigators later, the unfortunate commander claimed that his rather stylish straw hat had become wedged in his control panel, and that it was actually his hat that had pressed the publish button, so it wasn't his fault after all. It's believed that the commander in question has enrolled on a course where he learns to shoot barn doors from distances of more 
than three metres. Opening soon near you. Commanders may be interested to know of businesses opening in their neighbourhood in January. Pioneer Supplies will be a general outfitters, providing weapons, spacesuits and related consumables for the discerning commander. Inter Astra is a shipyard where commanders can preview and purchase starships quite similar to the ones they can buy in the existing shipyard, except Inter Astra is a walk-in shop. Frontline Solutions is a mercenary outfit which will allow commanders to win glory and credits by participating in combat scenarios with no need to actually believe in whatever it is you're fighting for. Apex Interstellar Transport is a taxi service capable of transporting players throughout the galaxy subject to the taxi's jump range. And it doesn't go south of the Pleiades this time of night. What do you take me for, Governor? Fister Genomics is an exobiologist interested in information about exciting new forms of low-gravity exocactus and slime grub and is inexplicably willing to spend good credits on the contents of Commander's Dyson Scanners. Honest John's Black Market is a special sort of shop for used in-SRV stereos, mobile communicators and other easily lifted personal items and is always interested in adding to their stock, no questions asked. Find them all in good social hubs in planet ports, spaceports and outposts from January. Opening date subject to change. And in related news, the 10 new starports sponsored by Brewer Corporation are now open for business and have a high demand and are therefore offering high prices for bauxite, building fabricators, galite, power generators, rutile and thermal cooling units. And that's this week's Galnet News with Wotherspoon and Beetlejude. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Galnet News Digest is a work of fiction. Names, characters, powers, community goals, galaxies and incidents are the products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to actual persons living or Glaswegian or to actual events is purely coincidental. And he can hit a barn door from more than three metres. Thank you, Commanders Wotherspoon and Beetlejude, with support from Scott Cleverdon. And they swear that every word is true. Before Flossie brings us right up to date with the latest news on community goals, we've got another short sketch. It's time for a quick peek behind the curtain. A series showing the lives of our radio crew when they're away from Studio 5. This time it's Normus Knockers. Our very old matriarchal figurehead is always keeping one eye on the galaxy and one eye on her husband Lou. Much like the darling of the Pilots' Federation, Flossie, for whom she is sometimes mistaken, though for the life of us we can't tell why, they sound nothing alike. 
Norma is not an aggressive pilot and has no ambition to exceed her current, mostly harmless rating. She'd be harmless still if it weren't for the pirates, who insisted on dashing their ships to pieces on her shields, while she was engaged in nothing more warlike than rinsing her small through in the galley sink. Avoiding trouble is not Norma's sole talent, oh no, she's a galactic curtain twitcher and there's nothing that goes on in this galaxy that evades her attention. Not even those pilots that sneak off for some alone time at the end of the parties on those wedding barges. She's got every one of their names, the names of their spouses and the number of the bank accounts to which they can send their payments if they know what's good for them. When Norma's at home, she likes to have everything Bristol fashion and Lou tells us that she must be happy with him as he thinks she's often called him a tight little ship though he does admit he wasn't listening very hard as he may have been drinking just a touch. here with this week's Community Goals News. The 10 upgraded refinery stations following the recent CGs to upgrade the outposts have now become operational. And last week's uh, CG, the Harold Duval Memorial Ceremony reached Tier 4. Akinar system permits will be processed and automatically allocated by the 3rd of October 3306. In recognition of this achievement, Gutamaya Corporation ships will be available at 20% discount from the 2nd of October to the 9th of October. And this week's new CGs, Fight for the Empire with the Keltim Empire League, or Fight for Liz Ryder and the Yuri Bayer Blue Mafia. The bombs used in recent terrorist attacks on four Imperial starports may have been developed by Liz Ryder, an engineer in the Urubaya system. The Imperial Internal Security Service published this report. Analysis of station traffic revealed that the explosives were delivered on cargo transports linked to the Eurobio Blue Mafia, a notorious anarchist organisation that we have reason to believe is secretly supplying the NMLA. The Eurobio Blue Mafia is protecting the demolitions expert Liz Ryder, who we strongly suspect of designing the specialist weapons used in starport bombings. As they have refused to cooperate, a state of war has been declared until the engineer is surrendered to our custody. A representative has requested the support of independent pilots against any resisting anarchist forces. 
If victorious, the Demolition Unlimited Workshop will continue providing services to commanders with existing access, but future access will be handled by the Empire. Meanwhile, Anna Westgard, Anna Westergaard, a spokesperson for the Urubaya Blue Mafia, broadcast this emergency message. This is an outrageous invasion by the Empire. We categorically deny any involvement with the NMLA. I urgently call upon our supporters and anyone who cares about freedom to help us defend Liz Ryder as well as our independence. If victorious, supporters ending in the top 75% of contributors will have a fully engineered, lightweight and high-capacity Class 2 seeker missile rack with thermal cascades put into storage for them at Oya Flerble Starport by the 10th of October. The two factions have set out week-long campaigns which will begin on the 1st of October. These are competing CGs and if either side wins, both will end immediately. To be eligible for the awards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in combat bonds at Prelude to Victory or at the Aurea Flerble Starport in the Uri Bayer system. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. Next is the sports report, and since I'm letting them have a try, Dead Meat GF better not muck this one up. Good evening. This is the Hutton Sports Report, bringing you the results for the less popular sports out there in the galaxy. Really, way out there. Sponsored by the Hutton Helper. Install the Hutton Helper today and we can track and trace everything you do for Hutton. This week, the sports you've never heard of are the Can I Come Home Now Long Distance Jump Cup, the Tartan Vicar Caber Toss Plaque, the Missionary Runner Trophy, the Bounty Fail All Glaswegian Knockout Competition, and the I can't think of a good pun this week passenger delivery platter. First was the Can I Come Home Now Long Distance Jump Cup, where the going was middling to far and Lydia of the Void finished a head and a neck and two thirds of a torso ahead of Bowl of Petunias. And Numenor 1379 came a close third. The Tartan Vicar Caber Toss Plaque required Danieros to negotiate two sand traps, a water planet hazard and a spectator on the pitch, but they managed to reach go well ahead of their nearest rival, Montgomery Python. What can be said about Marco 2612's position in the Missionary Runner Trophy? It's first base for Hotbox, so let's move swiftly on. The Bounty Fail All Glaswegian Knockout Competition was won once again by, you guessed it, Alex Zuno, more than doubling the number of goals scored by the person in lane 2, Attic 2. Finally, the I can't think of a good pun this week, passenger delivery platter, went to another laboratory-grown specimen, the clone Millstone Barn, after two falls, a submission and a straight flush. And here is the moment you've all been waiting for. As the classified results come in, 
Don't forget when checking your coupon that hearts are trumps and I'm always the top hat. Lydia of the Void, 43. Bowl of Petunias, 36. Danieros, 116. Montgomery Python, 73. Rising Intonation, 5. Falling Intonation, 1. Marco 2612 versus Millstone Barn is a late kickoff. Alex Zuno 222. Attic 2. Well, let's just say it's a lot less. Thargoids 8. Humans 2. Millstone Barn 15. Thomason 8. We've checked behind the teleprinter, but there have been no serious attempts for three weeks for the Hutton Speedrun Trophy, so we get another week before we have to redeem the pawn ticket. The stewards have held an inquiry and concluded that Danieros and Millstone Barn are the new winners of the Hutton decal, so please would they contact I took part at huttonorbital.com to claim their kit, which consists of a potato, a knife and an ink pad that has property of the Metropolitan Police on the lid. Now, we bet that you've listened to all of that and thought, easy peasy, I could do that. So why don't you? Go to hot.forthemug.com and download or register for the Hutton Helper and get out in the galaxy and do what truckers do. Just make sure you wash your hands afterwards. Thank you, Dead Meat. Yes, you managed to uh, straighten that one out, <clears throat> even if the uh, the musicians weren't quite ready. I think they put the triangle down at some point there, but we will sort that one out in the edit, I'm sure. Right, uh, we, we have an advert coming up, and then on to my favourite bit of the show. It is the Galnet uh, Food Digest. So the advert that we have this week is an old favourite from an old friend of the show. It is from our very own Buck Naked. <laughs> Well, howdy there, partner. My name's Buck, and I'm a trader. People ask me, Mr. Naked, just what do you trade in? Well, I'll trade anything to earn me more credits. But what old Buck Naked trades in is his very own space cow. Y'all know it as the Lakon Spaceways Type 9. She may turn slow and lumber along, but she's got plenty of room in her belly to store your load. And when I take her to Hutton Orbital, you can be sure that Buck Naked will be relaxing in his cockpit, counting the credits those poor saps will pay me for delivering hundreds of tons of goods they need. So if you want to get rich, pick yourself up a Lake On Spaceways Type 9, the Space Cow, for your utter delight. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. This week, we've gone to Coquim docking at Hirayama installation. 
an ocelus starport deep in imperial space. Coquim is, on the face of it, an uninteresting system. An M-type star surrounded by only a pair of gas giants and a collection of icy worlds. As with Enceladus and Titan, early candidates for discovering life in the soul bodies, these icy bodies do indeed harbour life. What's more, it isn't microbial. Deep in Coquim's musty caves, life thrives. The walls of natural caverns are lined with growths, bioluminescent creatures and countless cave-dwelling troglodytes that prosper in this subterranean biosphere. It is here, dotted throughout the caverns, that the spongiforma coquimi, to give it its pig Latin name, grows. With your lights off, and in the dim light, you can just make out their shape, glowing faintly in the dark and looking like nothing more than green-tinged brains perching on rocky outcroppings. In a case of parallel evolution, whilst they are not a part of the spongiformer genus found on Earth, they are remarkably similar, though significantly larger, reaching sizes of up to one meter wide and three quarters of a meter in height. They're remarkably resilient. Stand on one and then step back, and they spring back into shape. Outwardly, their surface, when seen in natural light, looks like brassica, and due to the lack of natural pigmentation, reminds me of cauliflower. Occasionally, in an outcrop, you can see a green spongiform, but I'll talk more about that later. Cut into one of the brains, and the interior is like the icy moons they live in, riddled with hollows and chambers, roughly almond-shaped in appearance. The description of brain light carries on with a thick stem branching and branching again to the edge of the sponge form, creating a network that looks like an alien tree. Discovered early in the existence of the Empire, the Coquim spongiforma, probably due to their similarity to the brassica that were popular with your Imperial Sunday banquet, were plentiful and harvested in their millions as a foodstuff. The Empire's early expansions were entirely military-driven, and the Coquim sponge became a staple of many an Imperial cohort, occupying some distant strategic icy moon. They were actively cultivated by the Empire as victuals, and Coquim spores were placed just about anywhere dark, dank, musty, and cold. In the intervening thousand or so years since their discovery, Imperial troops planted, harvested, and ate them by their tens of millions. Though with the advent of a greater variety of foods throughout space, their popularity has waned. These days, their last remaining outpost is back in their original home, Coquim. Now they're served as delicacies by Imperial gastronomic alchemists, Coquim Three Ways reportedly being a favourite of Ashling Duval. Coquim foam is added to the top of fish dishes, and Coquim sponge pudding is a confusing, if interesting, flavour on your dessert menu. Uncooked? It's a bit like eating squid. Seems like a good idea at the time, but rubbery and unappetising. Cooked, however, and the flesh firms up, and there's a, more to get your teeth into. 
sliced into centimetre thick wedges, grilled and served with a good relish, they make for the perfect side dish for a meaty banquet. Pickled, the brains soften and become jelly-like, immature specimens being served at dinner parties stuffed with flavoursome fillings. In fact, stuffed coquim of all sizes are popular at imperial dinner parties, not least of which because in the dim light they glow, giving the perfect accompaniment to a candlelit soiree. One of the reasons that the spongy forms were well liked was their ability to absorb flavour. Soak up a little gravy and the whole thing tastes like a delicious roast meal. Dip one into your sauce boat and you can eat mouthfuls of filling coquim sponge in any flavour you choose. With a packet of flavouring and a handy spongiform victual, you can make a meal out of just about anything. As for danger, well, you remember I mentioned not eating the green spongiforma. These varieties have an entirely different effect on the human body. They are master breeders, queen sponges that produce thousands more spores than the white variety. Spongiforma can't eject their own seed. They rely on cave-dwelling creatures to do that for them. And green coquim sponges are the super breeders of their genus. Normally brushed against by the plentiful crab that live in the coquim's icy bodies, they have little effect deposited wherever they're dropped. In the human body, they spread and grow rapidly. The first you'll know of this is a feeling of being very full, then painfully so, as the spongiforma absorb your vital fluids and grow exceedingly rapidly. They spread, and eventually all that is left is a lumpy, rubbery, brain-like lump that may have once been a hungry imperial. So, rare? Well, they've been scoffed to near extinction. Tasty? Well, it depends on what you cook them with. Dangerous? Only if you're not watching what you're sticking in your mouth. I'm Amelia Hawke. This was the Galnet Food Digest. And I'm staring at a dish in front of me that wouldn't look out of place in a zombie's favourite meal. Whole coquim spongiform with a red wine sauce. Next week, we're hopping off to 47 Seti to see whether the rabbit stew is as tasty as everyone says. I don't know about you, but what, what is it that about the Gownet Food Digest that either makes me feel very hungry or makes me lose all of my appetite? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was delightful as always. Uh, Amelia, thank you very much. I learnt a lot more than I ever want to know about sponges. Let's carry on with the educational theme. Let's learn a lot more about the sky tonight.
and welcome once more to the sky tonight. I'm Sir N.E.T. and as ever I'm here to guide you through the skies around Hutton as well as the science, sights and sounds of the galaxy we call home. As always I have with me to help educate, entertain and emancipate our correspondent from Oop North, the supremely down to Hutton, the northern ninja himself, Norman Ski. Hello everyone. This week, we'll be talking about those glorious seven sisters, otherwise known as the Pleiades. When do I get to meet them? You don't. So, what did it all mean? Oi, that's my line. The Pleiades, also known as the Seven Sisters and Messier 45, are an open star cluster containing middle-aged, hot Type B stars in the northwest of the Earth-viewed constellation Taurus. It is among the star clusters nearest to Sol, the nearest Messier object to Sol, and is the cluster most obvious to the naked eye in the night sky. The cluster is dominated by hot blue and luminous stars that have formed within the last 100 million years. Computer simulations have shown that the Pleiades were probably formed from compact configuration that resembled the Orion Nebula. The nine brightest stars of the Pleiades are named for the seven sisters of Greek mythology. Sterope, Merope, Electra, Maya, Tegeta, Seleno and Alcyone, along with their parents Atlas and Pleione. The name Pleiades, Seven Divine Sisters, supposedly derived from that of their mother Pleione, effectively meaning Daughters of Pleione. In reality, the name of the star cluster almost certainly came first, and Pleione was invented to explain it. All those sisters. Divine ones, too. And not one of them in any way real. To get back to the subject at hand, the English name of the cluster itself is of Greek origin. Though of uncertain etymology, suggested derivations include from Plyon to sail, making the Pleiades the sailing ones, from Pleos, full or many, or from Pleiades, flock of doves. Wasn't that a name of a music-making group from late 20th century? No, that was a flock of seagulls, and this isn't pop quiz. Ah, of course. Before my time, anyway. The Pleiades have long been known to be a physically related group of stars rather than any chance alignment. When studies were first made of the stars' proper motions, it was found that they were all moving in the same direction across the sky, at the same rate, confirming earlier theories. The distance to the Pleiades can be used as a key first step to calibrate the cosmic distance ladder. As the cluster is relatively close to Sol, its distance should be relatively easy to measure and has been estimated by many methods. Accurate knowledge of the distance allows astronomers to plot a Hertzsprung-Russell diagram for the cluster, which, when compared to those plotted for clusters whose distance is not known, allows their distances to be estimated. Other methods can then extend the distance scale from open clusters to galaxies and clusters of galaxies, and the cosmic distance ladder can be constructed. Ultimately, astronomers' understanding of the age and future evolution of the universe is influenced by their knowledge of the distance to the Pleiades. The cluster core radius is about 8 light years and tidal radius is about 43 light years. The cluster contains over 1,000 statistically confirmed members. Its light is dominated by young, hot blue stars. Sounds like that Deval woman, frankly up to 14 of which can be seen with the naked eye depending on local observing conditions. 
The total mass contained in the cluster is estimated to be about 800 solar masses and is dominated by fainter and redder stars. The cluster contains many brown dwarfs, which are objects with less than about 8% of Sol's mass, not heavy enough for nuclear fusion reactions to start in their cores and become proper stars. They may constitute up to 25% of the total population of the cluster, although they contribute less than 2% of the total mass. Astronomers and explorers have made great efforts to find and analyse brown dwarfs in the Pleiades and other young clusters, because they are still relatively bright and observable, while brown dwarfs in older clusters are faded and are much more difficult to study. Ages for star clusters can be estimated by comparing the Hertz von Russell diagram for the cluster with theoretical models of stellar evolution. Using this technique, ages for the Pleiades of between 75 and 150 million years have been estimated. Another way of estimating the age of the cluster is by looking at the lowest mass objects. In normal main sequence stars, lithium is rapidly destroyed in nuclear fusion reactions. Brown dwarfs can retain their lithium, however. Due to lithium's very low ignition temperatures, the highest mass brown dwarfs will burn it eventually, and so determining the highest mass of brown dwarfs still containing lithium in the cluster can give an idea of its age. Applying this technique to the Pleiades gives an age of about 115 million years. Like most open clusters, the Pleiades will not stay gravitationally bound forever. Some component stars will be ejected after close encounters with other stars. Others will be stripped by tidal gravitational fields. Calculations suggest that the cluster will take about 250 million years to disperse, with gravitational interactions with the giant molecular clouds and other spiral arms of our galaxy also hastening its demise. Just wish those imperials do the same, only sooner. In time, Alvin will prevail. In recent times, the region has become a major focus of public and scientific attention. In 3301, it was discovered that newly discovered alien objects were transmitting signals to the Meropay system. Obsidian Orbital was constructed in Maya later that year, becoming the first starport located in a nebula and paving the way for further colonisation. The discovery of alien structures and meteoroids in the region provoked a brief gold rush and proxy war between the Federation and Empire. Following additional Thargoid-related discoveries and encounters in 3302 and 3303, such as Thargoid probes, height addictions and Thargoid surface sites, the Pleiades have borne the brunt of a Thargoid incursion that has destroyed Federal and Imperial military fleets, crippled civilian megaships and severely damaged numerous stations, resulting in thousands of human casualties. May they all rest in peace. Until next week, I've been Sir N.E.T. Shh! Trying to read instructions on where to stick me panther prayer sticks. He's been Norman Ski, and he's not right in the head. And we're back. Crikey. That was that was a lot of information to take in there about the Pleiades. Yes, Subaru. There we go. That's the oh, Pleiades. You mean, you mean that, that, those cars that go past and meow? Yeah, something like that. It's the, it's their it's their logo, isn't it, on the on the front of the cars? Mm. Is, is is the Pleiades? Is, is that that? Is? Oh, I didn't know, know that.
Yeah, so the, 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 the Seven Sisters are the, the stars on the Subaru logo, and Subaru is, is the, the Japanese word, I believe, for the Pleiades. So there you go. Every time you see a Subaru, you can see Funk U Thargoids. Yes. Which, you know, is, is reasonable. And in fact, when we, when we climbed that volcano and we got up to the top of uh, Mount Teddy, Mm. Um, all of us stood there uh, on top of the volcano looking up at a beautifully clear night sky and you really can see the Pleiades from up, up that high, <laughs> you know, four kilometres up and it was as clear as anything and we did all turn round and stick two fingers up at the Thargoids at that point from the top of a volcano, a real high point on planet Earth uh, we gave them our very best two-finger salute many times over I'm sure they were um, devastated <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing how much clearer it is up somewhere like that, and you can you can see them absolutely. I mean, you, you can see where they, you know, they, they get their name. You can clearly see the you know the, the seven sisters there. Anyway, yeah. but, you could just but, about see Colonia from there. <laughs> well, you, you, yes, Beagle Point. <laughs> no, I don't think we could quite see Beagle, Beagle Point. We, we, I, I, no, I there, there's a sign. There's a sign pointing. It says Beagle Point is this way, but you can't see it. Yes, a, a restaurant at the end of the universe with a big arrow. <laughs> but um yeah i mean the, the, the stuff we could see when we were up there was was absolutely spectacular and uh, obviously thank you very much to the pair of them for putting together a little bit of uh, a science again for this week we did miss them a little bit last week um but then again i suppose it was a green room week and it meant we had a little bit of space to, to do stuff it's always good to have a nice pair on the show yeah absolutely <laughs> and obviously thank you very much Amelia for, for sampling their brains brains I mean, they do they do look like brains those things yeah they do um, and actually they're, they're very very similar to the uh, spongiform uh, square pantsy eye spongiform joking, square pantsy eye square pants <laughs> yeah lives in a pineapple under the sea yes um, yes, there, there is actually the, the earthbound variety of exactly these things is, is named after SpongeBob SquarePants. Right. Should be SpongeBob Robertus SquarePants, eh? Well, okay. <laughs> well, the um, because uh, the the reason being because uh, not not because it's a sponge, but because when you zoom in on it, um, really really close, it's covered in these little sort of tubes, tubules that look just like all the ones floating around where his house is in the cartoon. But anyway, I'm, I'm rambling now. But um, I, I've never seen the cartoon. <laughs> you, oh well. You're oh, missing, you're missing a oh. treat. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> How much you had to have drunk first? Uh, I don't oh, know, the, the, the one episode where where Patrick was trying to was frowning, and and uh, SpongeBob says, "Well, Patrick, why are you frowning?" He says, "I'm not. I'm trying to look at my own forehead." Um, <laughs> yes, it just uh, made me giggle. Quite there a are bit. there are some very dark episodes as well. Um, yes, Nasty Party is one to watch it for. That's the one where they accidentally killed the health inspector. Buried his body in a shallow grave, oh, yes, and, and then had to dead. dig up. He's not dead. They had to dig him back up, take him to the restaurant, and the cops came, and they thought he was a. They thought he was a zombie. Oh, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, almost like a documentary around Hutton Orbital that that program. Somebody <laughs> running around really eager, saying, "I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready," just before the radio show, and then realizing they're not because they haven't tied their shoelaces up <clears throat> or, or loaded the right things into the soundboard for Norman. I'm terribly sorry, Norman. But, um, well, that's that's it for this week. Obviously, uh, we're a bit thin on the ground. On our, our listener has been missing this evening, but Litho Break has been keeping us company very well, as have a few others. So thank you very much to those who have tuned in, and we want to know why you haven't been on the charity streams. <clears throat> but uh, OKM and, uh, and others and Litho, thank you very much for tuning in. Obviously, uh, I'm going to say it as I do anyway. We, we do have a YouTube channel. This does get uploaded to the YouTube channel after the show. 
uh, for you to listen again to all the bloopers. It in its unexpurgated, unedited, blooper-filled version gets uploaded, and then of course, um, Commander Ventura, our very own Norm MC, waves his magic wand over the entire thing and makes us sound a little bit less rubbish when he uploads it for um, the audio-only broadcast available through media.forthemug.com and all uh, podcast feeds near you. Uh, there were a few questions this week from people about um, why they can't get the radio station on TuneIn anymore. I know we did cover this briefly once before, but a few questions cropped up. Um, hands up, anyone who knows why we can't get it anymore on TuneIn. It's broken. Because somebody blocked Canada. Geo-blocking, yes. They're, yeah. And they're very nice people in Canada. Apparently. Yeah, who would block Canada? Oh, it's... Yeah. It, it's it's, it's something to do with, with licensing authorities and not liking Canada and, oh, oh goodness knows. I mean, Mr. Cow's got the legit version of whatever <clears throat> I'm supposed to say, but suffice Everybody to say... Everybody likes Canada. And it's not just us. It's not uh, we, the We Hate Hutton Orbital Club. It is, um, from, from our broadcaster, there's a massive amount of um, geo-blocking going on for tune-in. <laughs> so tune-in aren't allowed. Not just our broadcaster, but loads of other people as well have been blocked and tune-in got into right old pickle about it. But you can listen, and if you go to radio.forthemug.com, there are various links on there which let you get direct streams and all sorts that you can listen to the radio station. Or you can go to media.forthemug.com and just listen to the whole episode back. Or you can go to our YouTube channel. Or you can watch it again on Twitch. We do it in Semaphore. We do it in Morse code. There are smoke signals... Basically, yeah, plenty of ways to catch up with Hutton Orbital. It's a version where we get it right. No, no. <laughs> those, those I think were the we called that the edit. Mister Cow was here, possibly. <laughs> so we can blame Cow, really, because no, no. we all get it wrong. No, that's that's why we love Norm because he makes us sound so good with it. <laughs> So, have we got any predictions for Galnet next week? Obviously, because you know they dropped the ball a little early this week. Um, so, what's what's our crystal ball got for next week? The last thing before we go, um, oh, we, we've got we've got Liz Ryder in trouble, and is it a war between war between Federation and the Empire? What do we got? What, what's on the, what's on the table? Is it Thargoids back next week? What, what's, Flossy yeah. top what's tier, the Flossy top tier. The combat That's, she, she won't be able to resist. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of hoping for a, a Liz Ryder win. I like the whole underdog versus the Empire thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you get a free missile launcher if she wins. Yeah. It, it wasn't it it, uh, it wasn't me. It was those other boys or girls. Not that I use yeah. missiles. No, but no, I might if I had one of those. <laughs> no, your 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 weapon of choice. We decided it was the Panhammer, didn't we? Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> Panhammer. Yeah. Dun. Is yeah, it a Guardian Panhammer? Is there a blue light along the side of it? I thought, I thought, isn't that a musician who did the, you know, some some themes back in the day in the eighties? Panhammer. Mm, don't know. <laughs> it, it, it is, yes, yes. yes. I, Miami Vice or something. Yes, I get the gag. I'm not going to entertain it. No, okay. Well, it, it, <laughs> oh, it's music my dad used to listen to in the car. There we go. Ah. <laughs> Uh, do you wonder where my tastes came from? Um, yeah, so... Okay, we, we, we're going to go with the underdog does well. I'd be curious to see who gets behind what. I think, obviously, the Federation... Federal pilots might mop, mop up on this one and go a bit mm. anti-imperial. But then there's a lot of people support the Empire as well, and a lot of people do power play for them, don't they? Uh, what? Sorry? Don't people do power play for the Empire? What, what, what's, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a word I heard and I wanted to use it. Is, is that the, the We Hate Hudson Club? 
I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah. That's we the need... one everybody joins when they want to get some super missiles for a bit. That's yeah. the one, yeah. Or the or the panhammer or there's also or green shields. Green shields, that's green, all. Green shields. Yeah. So, oh, scientist <laughs> scramblers. Do you have to get stamps for those? Well, I was going to say get green, green shields. Yeah. yeah, green shield stamps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I get what you're on about now. I was going to say that. I was going to say the green shields were invented by Henry VIII. <laughs> oh, and um, Mr. Deadmeat, before we go, did you want to give a shout out to a streamer that we enjoyed this week? Oh uh, yes, Queen Heather, <laughs> Queen, my 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 tiny. She's yeah, been tiny. Tiny is now a streamer, or has, or has been for a bit, I think, but hasn't told anybody. Yeah, she's she was streaming and then she stopped for a bit, and, and we've had a week off, so we've been having fun with basically her streaming and me. So you in. locked her in a dark derelict spaceship with an alien, and then put a video camera on her. I think well, we did we did that. Thing. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, well, yeah. I made I made it up. I made it up to her um, by playing uh, Portal Two multiplayer with it yesterday. Oh, that's okay then. Which yeah. which she decided was a lot more fun than she thought. But um, anybody who's listening, if if you do want some entertainment by by tiny screaming at dangerous looking creatures trying to eat her in various games, I think she plays more placid ones as well. Um, go and give this give the stream a shout out. Yes, it's that it's that League, League of Legends one. Ah. That's, um, right. Uh, but I, I'm trying. No, I'm, I'm trying tr to find. I'm trying to find the name because she uses different names on different bits. But it's a. Uh, you didn't put her in VR for the Alien game, did you? No, because my headset is broken. Ah. But when my new headset arrives, I will see how long she can last. I think it's going <laughs> to be about thirty seconds. It was, wasn't it? Wasn't it Twitch.tv slash was it Queen Giller? Queen Giller sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch.tv forward slash Queen Giller. Yeah, because it's because it's yes, it, 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 game names a princess, <laughs> Twitch name is Queen, Queen Giller, and yeah, that's that's the right one. Yeah, but uh, obviously, unfortunately, the past broadcasts aren't archived, so we can't go back to some of the screaming. You'll have to have a word to make sure they get archived, so we can we can see the screams back again. Next time she plays Alien, I'll make sure she turns vods on. Yep. So yeah, if you, if you are listening to this and, and you fancy, so there's some casual sort of gaming streaming going on by by Queen Giller. Yes, twitch.tv forward slash Queen Giller, and um, give give that a, a watch when you've got some free time. It's very relaxing normally. Yes, thank you very much. Apart from the screaming and the running and yeah, the death. Yes, I think the, the final comment was, "How on earth do people enjoy this?" <laughs> <laughs> well, um, don't you go to horror movies? I mean, Flossie, you're you're a big fan of scary horror movies, aren't you? No. <laughs> oh no, okay, no, well, sorry, that's Dockers. Dockers. No, Dockers. Oh yeah, I got it yeah. I got, I got it. I got it wrong. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocky horror show, maybe. Yes. Oh god, now I've got the mental image of Mr. Shouty and suspenders, and I'm going to have to go. Bleach, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Get, get the eye bleach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eye bleach, oh. brain bleach for that one. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, I think you'll find that's mental floss. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Just a couple of Everybody. other reminders. Um, special effect day tomorrow. One special yep. day at specialeffect.org.uk. And also, everyone really, really needs to go and put in their nominations for the muggies because it's in January. It's not that far away now. Yay. It's still March. We've got ages. Yep. Nominations stop <laughs> before the mark. It feels like March, doesn't it? We March. March yet. This is March the 200th or something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, be the beauty of the muggies is, 
it was never real life anyway, so it can't get cancelled. That's it's true. just the it's one event in the diary that absolutely <laughs> can't get cancelled as a result of lockdown. In fact, it can only get better because of lockdown. Exactly. Yep. Saturday yeah. night. Sorry. Nominations.forthemug.com forward slash nominate.php. Make sure you get all your nominations in ASAP. Yes. I've just thought there's also uh, coming up the uh, abysmal sum contest. Oh, the I'm abysmal song contest. Yes, the, yes the, the, um, the, the, the scary one, scary songs. The Halloween edition, isn't and it? I believe, the, uh, I believe the sign-up is this week. So yeah, if the, you want to enter that, you need to get yourself on the website and sign up for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put <laughs> all these links up. If I say we, what I mean is Palantir. <laughs> Weren't yes, you there? Searching. Yes, I'm searching, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We also have Saturday night, we've got Hunt and Does CQC. Yeah, we're going to blow things up. Yep. Each other. Each other. And of course, you can queue for CQC while doing other things. Everyone oh, yeah. forgetting that one. That was a major update. So you don't have to just sit there staring at a menu for ages. You nope. just get on with things and all of a sudden it goes, ping, people want to kill you. And, and you yeah. Do it. And Shaw says <laughs> doing the, the hotbox version, but if you're in PC, go in. And if you're looking for the person to organise it, it's you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's nobody else organising it, it's you. Yeah, first one to turn up's in charge. Yeah. And and obviously, if, if you're on... Uh, so this is this is Malice XR3's um, uh, first event. Oh, yeah, yes. Boss. Uh, he will. He's, he's in for a short lobby going after him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> traditionally go after the hot boss at these things. Yeah, those shock cannons do rock the rock the cockpit, don't they? Oh, I've got garbage cannons on mine. Mm-hmm. I love a garbage cannon. A, gar- a garbage cannon, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much to Norm and to Palantir and to Amelia and to the Apology Officer and to Debbie GF and to Flossie. And we will see you again uh, next Thursday, 8.30 in the evening UK time, 19.30 UTC on twitch.tv slash truckers or radio.forthemug.com. And all that it remains for me to say is for the mug. For the mug! never really mattered at all we're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today super cruising all across the milky way we'll take anything anytime anywhere loading up the teen to the brim with Into the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Follow my, follow my. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow my, follow my. Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Sing the hood and drop the song. 
go and sing you my song. North Part 22 light years to go. Cruising to Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. staff announcement. Trumbull Control Officer to budget clones for you in the lower rotunda. It's a bad one, Brenda. Sagittarius Eye is the elite dangerous magazine. Written by commanders for commanders, it's your source for news and entertainment out in the black. We cover all aspects of life in space, from exploration to politics, ship builds to trading tips, brought to you with incisive commentary and outstanding design. Our magazine is released as a fully voice-acted podcast. Head to your favourite podcatcher to find all our archive issues, perfect for podcast listening. You can download all our back issues at www.sagittarius-i.com. Sagittarius I, the outstanding quality in-universe elite dangerous magazine since 3303. The flight now arriving at Bay 3 is the 2143 from Sol. So if you have relatives that set off in that year, please collect your great-great-great-grandchildren at arrivals. Seamless. It's seamless. Absolutely seamless. Use music. I'm sure there's some music here somewhere. Use music. Oh, well, news music, news music. News music. We sound exciting. Good. And we will see you again next Thursday, 8.30 in the evening UK time, 19.30 UTC, on twitch.tv slash Truckers or radio.forthemug.com. And... All that it remains for me to say is for the mug. For the mug! Cue the music. Seamless. <laughs> Does everybody know the words to the song? Na 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 mug. Na 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 mug. Prophet Everybody is buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off no journey too long. <laughs> yes. No cargo too small. La 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 la. Profit margin never really matters at all. Lost crashes into a sun. 
Squibbo yes. likes to fly on the Xbox, Xbox One. One. Aren't you we glad I had this queued up now? Anywhere, Ooh, we're going to take the cargo where it's needed today. That's the one. Yeah. We're trucking all across, across the Milky Way. Across the Milky Way. For the mug. For the mug. The mug. The mug. mug. Yes. We need, we need to get the hymn again. We need to do the hymn um, version. The I, was, I was just thinking of the hymn. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Like the number of times I sang that to myself. <laughs> Are we still live or did it? Did we stop? Yes, I don't know. Are we live? Are we live? Hello, everyone. <laughs> right, we, we are really going now. Look, we're leaving now. It's just as well my singing was so on point. <laughs> <laughs> for the mug, for the mug. Got the mug. Take it, take it away. Give him the real the version. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off? Night, guys.